0: Hello, and welcome back to the Blues on Parade podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. Great, great week to be a Chelsea fan, finally getting three points. It's been a long, long time since we've seen Chelsea play. Um, I missed it, and um, it it was a great way to come back to. um, Exciting match that ended with just, like, one of the most beautiful goals that we will probably score this year from you know and a great narrative as well with Connor playing against his 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 loaned team from last year um coming on scoring that late winner and uh not celebrating which I respect but love to see it. I'm joined this week with Andreas. Zach uh just got back from his honeymoon he just got married last week. It was an awesome wedding. um, But Andreas, I'm glad that you're here to uh, join me at least. How are you doing? I'm good,
1: man. I am recording. This is the first Blues on Parade podcast episode from the first ever Velasco household. So I'm fully moved in. Haven't fully set up my study just yet, but enough to to get this podcast rolling and enough to catch some premier league action this weekend.
0: It was grand potter's first premier league match as our manager. Um, his only other match came obviously in champions league, um, against five Salzburg. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, what do you mean by that?
1: That it's been forever since we've watched Chelsea. Oh, Oh, oh it
0: felt like five years. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, I got
1: so a house. Zach got married. I mean, yeah. Our friend Bobby became a, a an official Palestinian. I mean, a lot has happened.
0: <laughs> Honorary Palestinian, yeah. Um, so let's just jump into it. Um yeah, Chelsea 2-1 win against Crystal Palace. Um, we started off with a what looked to be a 4-2-2. Two, formation. Kepa remained in goal with Mendy, I'm going to put air quotes, still recovering from an injury. Not entirely sure whether that's true or not, but hey, uh, well, for now, he's hurt. Rhys James, Fofana, Tiago Silva, and Chilwell on the back line. Then we had Jorginho and Kovacic as the midfielders. Uh, Havertz and Mounts playing kind of out wide, and Sterling and Aubameyang as the strikers. So let's just start off with the formation because we've seen quite a couple of formations since Potter's taken over. Um in just two matches we've seen the the 3 3 3 1 a 4 2 2 2 a 4 3 3 4 2 3 1 um but we did get a question from uh what is it it's his uh his, his Twitter name is devils avocado now <laughs> at at black underscore emoji he said apart from the formation what are the major differences between now and how we used to play i th- i think that you're better to better equipped to answer this question
1: yeah i mean i'll, I'll jump right into it we're far more vertical there is north south passes going on from our midfield You know, you see Kovacic, you see Jorginho try to find balls forward rather than the typical, you know, tempo left to right, backwards and recycling possession over and over and over again. We are now trying to force the issue, play through balls, play balls over the top. Um, You are now seeing runs from our midfielders where they're overlapping our strikers. You see actual cutback crosses because somebody made a run that end up ends up on the byline. Um even in this formation, Chilwell found himself inside of the opponent's box for, for a couple of long passes. So you know, while we have seen a lot of similar formations as to what Tuchel ha- had deployed for the past two and a half. Is it two and a half seasons? Yeah. Well, it, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um <laughs> it was finally two seasons. Reasons, huh yeah <laughs> i think he had only one full season <laughs> one full season so this would have been his second yeah. yeah um
0: so two seasons
1: right so this would have been what, what I think is it is just our our midfielders have been told that they can take the risk it's it's not as safe and dare I say boring um our, our football's not pretty yet but at least I'm seeing the sort of things that make me think that once these guys kind of get accustomed to the pace of what Potter wants to do or or just the fact that they're in actual attacking positions more often. Maybe it'll click a little bit more, but the fact that I'm seeing Jorginho try a one-time pass to find Aubameyang on a through ball, he missed him a couple times today, but that, that connection and that chemistry will eventually click and will lead to some goals. So I think it's a fact that we're now not so hesitant to go vertical while under Tuchel it was almost a sin to try a direct pass forward so
0: it was a shaky start for Fofana this was his first match appearance uh, under Potter Um, and you know just talking about this back line I think moving forward when we play in a back four we'll probably see Ben Chilwell playing as the left back he he was a little pedestrian today or uh, yesterday I thought he he didn't have too many like shining moments. He did have like, he was, he did get set up for a shot outside the box. That was, uh, it was way over the net and um, he lost possession in a really bad spot. Luckily, Tiago Silva was there to clean it up. Um, But overall, it wasn't the cleanest performance from our back line what do you what do you see moving forward um Potter's plan for kind of solidifying that back line
1: uh I think the big thing is gonna be it's a mix of the back line with the midfield I think the back line got exposed big time today because the midfield wasn't good uh but we'll get to the midfield in a second i think that the big goal is gonna be The fact that our back line is going to have to have the flexibility to be both at a back four and a back three. I I don't think under Potter, especially this first season, and especially in the month of October, we should think that we're going to be able to predict what the next starting 11 or formation is going to be. So to be honest, expect the unexpected, I guess. Like I, I expect to see, you know, Fofana probably getting a little bit more leeway than someone like Koulibaly just because his price tag is almost 3 times that of Koulibaly. Uh so I think as well as the familiarity with the Premier League. So I think Fofana will probably see him a little bit earlier on. I think the the big the big picture goal is going to be to, to slowly allow Thiago Silva to get rest. I, I still don't see a way to keep Thiago Silva in the starting 11 every single match without him getting hurt. And I mean, I, I don't know if anybody realistically believes that that can happen for a guy that's almost 40 years old. Um, no, apart from not. that, Reese James is not going anywhere. And then it just depends on the opposition. I think Chilwell and Cucurella are going to just be splitting a lot of time. If we're in a back three, you might see Kukurea do that left-center-back, left-back hybrid to allow someone like Sterling or Pulisic on the left side to not have to do the defensive work. And then when you're maybe going with a back four, you bring in Chilwell, who is is much better at at connecting in the final third as an as an extra attacker and, and scoring threat. So I think that the left side of the attack is going to be a little bit more... Um, it kind of comes and goes it depends on on who we're facing and then in the middle of the field i think once Koulibaly gets settled into the pace and everything i would hope especially because we spent money on him that you know we will be able to sort of use him as the as the main guy and then tiago silva is more of a luxury
0: now moving on to the midfield as we uh mentioned earlier i think you said um Earlier you said that the the verticality improved but something that is still missing is that creativity and I think that's something that we'll we'll get into the inkunku rumors um that's something that needs to be addressed and he's probably the player that will address that but we did get a quite a couple questions about um the midfield the first one this one's from Ronnie Ashworth at CFC Ronnie he said, "Is it just me, or are we all a bit disheartened when we see Kova and J Five midfield? What do you
1: think?" In this new system, one hundred percent under Tuchel, where it was all like methodical and all the small passes, left, right, backwards, it was perfect because they could frustrate a, you know, a team that's trying to get the ball back. But here, where we're trying to be the sort of the aggressors it it scares me. Number one, Jorginho, I don't know what happened between that magical season where he won everything and now, but I feel like he's really, really struggled with the physicality side of things, and he was never good at that. And right now, and specifically this match, I felt Kovacic just was not himself. I felt like the decision-making isn't there uh the pace of his dribbling isn't there it's, it's it almost feels like he's afraid of getting stomped on the ankle again so to see them in a double pivot in a system that is now going to be a lot more risky and transitional is scary it is very scary i i don't i don't want to say disheartened i don't look at it and i go oh no but i like I don't want to see this midfield. It's more like, Ooh, this is a big risk. Like, is there a positive? Sure. We can, you can think that these guys can possess, but when you play this crystal palace team that has three ginormous midfielders, they got absolutely demolished. And, and I'll throw in Mason mountain there because a four, two, two, two on defense looked kind of like a four, three, three at times and Mount, was just as bad as the other two guys in the defensive front. So, yeah, the seeing those two guys against a team that's going to be trying to win the physical battle is definitely a scary sight.
0: Yeah, I mean, also the bad part about this, or depending who you ask, good part, um, is that Jorginho did come off with what looked like to be an injury and you know, thinking about who re- could replace him um, for the time being, we did get a question from Ron, aka Bone Daddy Cool, aka Bone Daddy Deluxe, aka Bone Daddy Supreme. He said, "With a possible injury to J Five, do you see us rushing Conte back or playing Zakaria or Chukwameka?" Um, what do you think, Andres?
1: I think whatever the hell's happening with Zakaria, I think he needs to wake his ass up and put in a shift at training. Because he's, we brought him, yes, last minute. But we're trying to give him a second chance at having a good career. And the fact that he didn't even make the bench for this match. And there's no injury report, nothing. Is extremely concerning. We are yeah. begging. We are begging for a physical presence in the midfield that's willing to sit behind two other eights. And... With Potter showing that he's very willing to play a back four, it's it's made for him. I I don't think Chukwameka is like without a, a DM. I don't think you you play a Chukwameka. right. Like he's more of an eight. He's more of like your RLC. He's gonna want to bomb forward. He's gonna want to join the attack. And I don't think it's to his service to try to turn him into a, more of a DM. So for me, it's you don't rush Conte back because the, there's no winning there Conte. you rush him he gets hurt again we're back to square one Uh, so to me it's it's Zakaria it has to be and I hope that you know somebody can wake him up a little bit because Juventus doesn't want him back and and as in Chelsea taking this loan you're getting him at a discount with the option to buy you would want this to be a success whether he becomes a starter or not or if he becomes a, a rotational option like that's that's what you're trying to find out now. But if he's not even going to put in the shift in training, it's it's going to be concerning because I, I don't see why else. You know, like if, if he's not putting in the extra right. hours to understand the system or whatever it is, then he's just going to turn into another Saul. Yeah. Um,
0: and I mean, concerning is exactly the right word. I had really high hopes bringing him in, I thought that he would be the perfect addition. I think rushing back Conte would be the worst idea. Um, I mean, we still haven't thrown out the possibility of extending him another year, but even regardless, like, we want him for this season. Like, rushing him back to possibly lose him for the rest of the year, that's a no-go for me. Yeah. But I don't know what the hell's going on with... um, with Zakaria it it really doesn't make sense to me
1: yeah it the other thing that came out is that Chalaba is training as a six so Mm -hmm. that might be honestly our our next best option he played that in in Lorient and I believe at Huddersfield during his loans so I mean if that's the move as long as it can whatever can get us to January right because at the end of the day if Zakaria is not the answer, we still have the January transfer window. Some craziness can happen at the World Cup that can shed some light on a target. Who knows? Yeah. But at this point, with if the J5 injury is is bad, like if Jorginho is out long-term, in a way, I think it almost kind of puts like the final dagger on his role at Chelsea. Because without his availability, we're going to have to find a different kind of answer because we don't have another Jorginho type that mm-hmm. does the, you know, the, you know you'll know, you never catch me because I'm always passing the ball quickly move, you know, the regista role. So you're going to have to transform to a DM. So whether it's Zakaria or, or Chalaba or who knows, maybe RLC, because even Tuchel tried him there at times. I think, yeah, th- there's going to have to be somebody that steps up in that role. And those are the only three guys that I can think of that you could put in that position.
0: Yeah, you mentioned um, um, Chalaba in that um, behind closed doors match against Brighton last week. That's what the reports were saying, that he was playing in that Jorginho role. They're trying him out there. So, obviously he's not going to provide what Jorginho does, but I think he's probably an easy answer to our midfield issues, uh, temporarily. But again, I'm just gonna always I'm just still gonna go back to the Zakaria thing. I I don't understand what's going on with him, how long it's gonna take for him to come back. Um who knows? Um I had to get to give Let's you like
1: an easy transition I expected the guy that was going to cause issues in training and not maybe make the 11 was going to be Obama Ying. I thought he yeah. was going to be the one that I was going to see you know his his man Tuchel gets fired he's going to throw a fit and it's not going to work and I mean in his first game when they're Potter he was decent he was always inches from finishing and then he gets a very clinical goal I mean I don't know if you were going that way, but I think it's time to talk about Obama Yang real quick. I
0: wasn't, but we can. Um, <laughs> obviously, his first goal for the club. Um, it it's been so long since we've seen a striker goal. Like, like that's a goal that only a striker will do, and it was like, it was like foreign to me. It was beautiful the way he just like quickly turned and uh, got it right on target. You know, like, we'll talk about Mason Mount in a second, but, like, he had a chance not too long, like or a little bit later after that, where he received the ball, turned around quickly, and missed the target completely. And it's like, that's the difference between a striker and a non-striker. He gets it on target more. So um that was refreshing to see. Hopefully he keeps it up. I think... For the near future, he's got that striker position locked down. Armando Broya will have his opportunities every once in a while. But, you know, before we brought in Yang, I thought he was slated to make a lot of starting appearances for us. But I think Yang's kind of... He's going to have that position locked down.
1: I... He And the one thing I noticed is that, you know, people always try to say like, oh, it's laziness. He's just a poacher. And I saw him really get involved in midfield. There was a lot of times that he was coming back, checking in and really being part of the build up and transition, which was really nice to see. So for him to be sort of like a model professional, which is everything but what we've heard, like, you know, the the all or nothing with Arsenal really didn't do his his uh sort of his uh what do you call it? his persona any favors and then he comes here and so far he's been sort of a a good example for the likes of Broja that it's nice to see
0: yeah um i mentioned Mason Mount earlier another subpar performance by him i mean that chance i i talked about earlier that the indirect free kick from inside oh, the box God. where he failed to hit the target completely. Like I've, I've, I saw people trying to defend him and say, Oh, it was you know, such a narrow target, like where he was supposed to get, like, you know, how many times do, do teams score off indirect free kicks? I get that. I'm not saying he should have a hundred percent scored, but at least get it on target for a right. chance for a rebound or something. Like to miss it completely when Reese James is standing right next to you, like he could have taken the chance. It's kind of embarrassing. Um, and we did get a Twitter question from Michael Conan at like underscore Michael9. He said, Will it be a third manager in a row who refuses to drop mount? Would you drop mount? But before you answer that first part <laughs> of his question, he said, Will it be the third manager in a row who refuses to drop mount? Um mount did not warrant being dropped before until really this season. Like I've said this before, he he built up a lot of, you know, good equity with his previous performances. And, you know, the whole, will it be a third manager in a row? Like Mount never warranted getting dropped until this season. Um and it's still even a debate at this point. So the second part of the question, would you drop mount?
1: Well, I, I want to say it it it's just different, right? Because the argument of dropping mount for each manager has been different. Like under under Lampard, Lampard was playing a true four-three three and he was putting mount as a left like a true left winger with his heels on the touchline at times, which was To Mount's detriment. That wasn't Mount's fault. That was the manager's fault. For trying to shoehorn him into the wrong place. And Tugel comes in. And instead of playing Mount in midfield. He's putting him in the front three. Which then limited the time for other attackers. Instead of trying to put an extra man in midfield. Which is why people were asking him to get rotated. And now you're right. This season has been a form thing purely. He's just been not good. He played well for England. Good for him, but recently he's not been good. And would I drop Mount? I would say yes if we had. If it wasn't, how do I put this? It's like a if Potter had a preseason and this was Mount right now. Sure, I'd drop Mount, but I don't know if I'm like fully confident in the other people to just jump right in and, and give me something better. Obviously it's one of those things where it's like you have to give it a shot. Um, Like Gallagher came in and he scored a banger. Like, do you give Gallagher a chance to play as an eight in a different style, right? He's not a double pivot anymore. Could he be the guy? Um, So to me, I think AC Milan is kind of a big ask to drop Mount but i believe we play wolves next in the premier league if mount doesn't perform against milan then yeah it's time to give him a break sit him bring him off the bench if it comes to that because it, it, you shouldn't also just keep hammering away at a guy that's not performing i think that that's also an easy way to kill any remaining mm-hmm. confidence in him in himself so i say you start him midweek and that'll be sort of like your testament as to whether or not he needs a mental break.
0: Yeah, I think I agree with you with everything you said about Mount. Um, Milan wouldn't be the, the, the match where I drop him. But um, I, I can't really see who else could play his role. Maybe Gallagher, uh, but we'll see what happens. Um, moving on to uh, Raheem Sterling. He had another great performance. I know he didn't score, but um we got a, another question from Ron. He said, "Can we talk about how every time Sterling touched the ball, something exciting happened?" And yeah, I think that's true. He he did have a great match and uh, you know, was was very direct with the ball and, you know, did a lot of great things. What what did you see from him?
1: Um I mean the fact that he was he started as a right striker and then ended up as a left wing for a little bit before he was finally subbed out. The thing with Sterling to me is that he has the conf he has the self confidence to make something happen. Like he doesn't second guess. If he thinks he's gonna go dribble, he goes in full on. Um he hit the post today, so just you know, it's going to come. He's, he is our leading scorer right now. But, I mean, three key passes. He, again, he's flexible in attack. And I think that's something that I never really um, looked at in his game when he was at either City or Liverpool. Because, to be honest, I was just a hater for both of those teams. So, I <laughs> I didn't want to realize that Sterling was – a big part of, of their success, but he, he's not, I'm going to say like, I'm trying to set this up in the right way. He's not Eden Hazard. Like he's not the guy that's going to take over the whole game by himself. And then and, and everybody else kind of just watches in awe, but he has the, like the almost like a level below that where you, he has the respect of the guys around him and, and he p- brings a little bit of fear into others like you can tell that this guy knows what he's like he knows he means business and he's ready to go like he puts his head down starts dribbling he makes the right runs it just feels like he's a leader almost by example on the pitch like this is what our attackers should be trying to do he doesn't always get it to happen like i said he, he didn't get to score today but he makes, or at least tries to make things happen, while I feel like our other attackers are more of like a... Uh, they kind of play hot potato when it comes to the responsibility of, of making something happen at Chelsea. Like, they want to pass it and just let it go to the next guy, and, and maybe the next guy can do something, and I'll just tap it in, when Sterling can just kind of be like, oh no, I don't, I'm putting my head down, and I'm going to be the guy that gets into the box. You're muted. <laughs>
0: Sorry, really grabs the game by the scruff of the neck. Um, but, um, yeah, I think we got one more last question about the match. And this one, I don't know if it's a serious one or not, but <laughs> about Graham Potter, this one is from uh, Leonard Cohen. And I have to read it in the typical Leonard Cohen um, voice. <clears throat> Clear my throat. He says, oh, actually, we have one more question after this, but we'll go over this one first. He says, Dear Pod, now that Chelsea has an English head coach, will we see fewer questionable refereeing decisions go against the club? Uh, (laughs) I think uh, that's probably in reference to the Thiago Silva handball that very easily could have been
1: a red card
0: after review. Um, Even not after review, like right on the spot um but i don't know if that even makes a difference like it's it's if thomas Tuchel was our manager do you think that would have been a red
1: no no Probably I, I don't want to fall right? i don't want to fall for the narrative yet i think surprisingly enough the media they're going to try like it's going to be like just for the next couple of weeks instead of talking poorly about potter if you haven't noticed Everything has been about like our owners being stupid. Mm-hmm. So the, they they're just changing who the bad guy within Chelsea is. So they're they're pointing the finger at Bowley because because Bowley has got this big picture plan about buying clubs and having this network instead of
0: and being American.
1: To, yeah, him being American instead of saying like, <laughs> "Oh, Potter drew his first match against RB Salzburg instead of getting a win." So. Again, we won against Palace. I don't think the media is suddenly going to be loving on him. I don't think referees are going to change their mind. I think he... They'll have to look twice, but then they'll see the crest on his chest, and it says Chelsea, and, and it's back to business. I think the Thiago decision is it sure wasn't a lucky one, but I don't expect us to suddenly not get offsides because somebody's like hair on his shoulder was offside. So... No, yeah. I don't expect things to change. Unfortunately, yeah, that's not. Yeah,
0: we, we're we're Chelsea. <laughs> that's the reason why we we're get the villains of football. unfavorable right. cause. Yeah. Um. So the other question um, that I skipped over, another Graham Potter question. Um, this one comes from Rainbow Video. This is a first-time question, um, and. You know, we we tried to do a a teams or sorry a spaces chat um, at halftime during every match, and he joined in and asked a question during that uh, uh, space session. So yeah, shout out to awesome Rainbow to Video. Him. He said, "Do you think Potter will empower Pulisic or keep him par- uh, keep him buried?"
1: So, from what I've read so far, he has had one-on-one meetings with every single player in the first team. When you mm-hmm. when I see him power, that might be a little too strong of a word, but I think he's going to get a fair shot. And as I've said, we've played a bajillion of formations, and Pulisic came on today and played left wing. I am not going to be the, the American stereotype that gives him the credit for the Gallagher goal. That's dumb. Gallagher did that all alone. But, hey, yo,
0: yo. Mason Mount got taken off. Pulisic came in. <laughs> we immediately score off of Pulisic assist.
1: Coincidence? No, I'm not buying it. I'm not going to add fire to the flame. The narrative
0: starts right now.
1: <laughs> I do think that he he seemed already a little bit more confident. Like he he was trying to dribble at people. He was going into the spaces he usually likes. He was receiving the ball while going forward. So, coming back I,
0: on defense too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't I don't think empowering is, is might be too strong because I think Sterling kind of has that left wing. If we're going to play with wingers, I think Sterling has that left wing on lock. But I think he's going to get his chances. Again, we're going to play midweek, and then we have Wolves again. If Sterling plays a full 90, will Potter give him a break against Wolves? It's just... I think we will see some of these guys get more minutes than they're used to if they do, you know what Potter's asking or if if they just don't cause any trouble as long as as, listen as long as Polisic doesn't talk shit about Potter in in, in his next book I think we're good is he is he dropping another book soon the sequel he who knows the journey what was it the journey thus far and then he's gonna have the journey thus far part two the post two
0: I hope not um Hey, but we love a good literary mind, like like Pulisic. Um, <laughs> he's the next great author of our generation, Andres. Um,
1: yeah, J.K. Rowling said right. that he's a great writer.
0: <laughs> That's some good praise right there. Um, all right, I think that wraps up the recap of the Crystal Palace match. Um, trying to think if there's anything else that's worthy of discussion i think we hit everything Ti- um, Thiago
1: silva almost gets a red and then he assists the goal for obama yang when he's way out oof. of position way in the Co- like i don't know how he ended up next to the striker but hey wasn't
0: it, wasn't it after right after a corner i realized that after like that's why he was far up but i don't but, know
1: but like they cleared it the ball goes back to our side then a long ball like Thiago's usually working his butt off to get back. I'm still trying mm-hmm. to figure out why this time it was any different. And then he just it was completely pretty shocking. wins the header over a taller defender than him and it gets to, yeah. to bombing, which was pretty sick.
0: I had the same reaction, like, wait a second. Wait, where was it? where was the assist? Like he was all the way up there? How did that happen? But anyway, so we mentioned the Nkuku news. This is something that we had been hoping for for a while. Didn't really seem realistic, but we saw some, I think it was Build tweet something about it. And uh, I wasn't too hopeful about that. But then Fabrizio Romano, he Uh chimed in. Tweeted earlier this week that Nkuku had a medical with Chelsea as confirmed as called by Build. Chelsea had sent a long-term contract bid to Nkuku to prepare the deal for 2023. It's not done yet, as Chelsea and RB Leipzig will speak about a fee, the 60 million euro release clause, or a different deal structure. He reconfirmed again today. He said Chelsea will try to negotiate on the fee with Leipzig. It's the priority. Triggering a 60 million euro release clause is an alternative option, and Nkuku has already received Chelsea contract bid. He'd be ready to accept as reported days ago up to the clubs oh andreas <laughs> andreas this is it's I'm so conflicted with this andreas like <laughs>
1: okay let's on one
0: it. side you 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 see all the great things like the amazing season cuckoo had last year. Arguably like one of the best players in the world. Um, as if you just look at the numbers and what he did with Leipzig. But I remember not too long ago, we bought a player from Leipzig who was putting up insane numbers. And we bought him like two seasons ago, and he's back already with Leipzig. And that's Timo Werner. I really have a lot of skepticism. <laughs> Unfair as it may be about buying another Bundesliga player. We can add Kai Havertz to that list as well. Um, the Bundesliga tax. I don't want to say Nkuku isn't the real deal. But I, I really hesitate on making a splash for him. I know what he could do for our club, but I don't know, man. I just, like, I have, like, trust issues
1: now. Yeah, no, I I totally get that. I mean, I have trust issues with both Bundesliga and Serie A targets now. The thing Mm -hmm. that gives me a little bit of hope when it comes to the Nkunku situation, when you try to compare to the Timo one, is that the Nkunku goals and the assists weren't as much of a one trick pony as as Timo's were, right? Timo was the flash, like the, the superhero. Like he's just a speedy guy. Usually gets him behind scores. And and Nkunku is, is a little bit more of a a creator as well as a finisher, which is what we thought Kai Havertz would be at this point. So to me, this this almost feels like like a potential swap situation. Not not maybe directly to to Leipzig, but but like a you ship Kai back to the Bundesliga if you're truly looking at Nkunku to come in. Because you don't pay seventy five million plus for a guy that's no longer gonna be your starter. And you sure as hell don't keep him around to sit on the bench if is gonna come in for sixty million to be sort of the guy that lurks behind your striker. Uh, yeah. The, the way I see it, look, looking back at the formations, we've already kind of looked at to, so far under Potter. In the 3-3-3-1, he's the guy floating behind the striker. In the 4 2 he's one of the two attacking mids behind the two strikers. In the 4-3-3, he can even be deployed as the right winger, opposite of Sterling. And In the four two three one, right behind the striker again. So, or even on the right side. So that's the part that gets a little bit sort of tricky because I think that the arrival of Nkunku, if it is next summer and not in the winter, means that somebody else has to go. And and I don't think, I mean someone like ziesh I mean someone more like starting 11. Because again, sixty million's hefty.
0: Yeah. Um, we got another question from Black Emoji. Um, he said, "Do you think Nguku is a Potter target, or the board?
1: I think it's the board. I don't. I don't think at this point Potter has and his team have come in and and immediately put in the list of players. It seems like again the the whole bully's got his data crew and and people that have been trying to to crunch numbers and see what's up." So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a board target. And at this point, the whole question of, like, whether it's a manager target or a board target, we'll never know. Because this summer, everything was pitched as a... These are Tuchel's targets. And then Tuchel gets fired, and then news come out. It's like, no, actually, these were sort of compromises that Tuchel made to get these players because Tuchel really wanted to and then settled for Koulibaly. And, you know... Ducl wanted Usman Dembele and then he got Sterling. So like at this point I don't see a difference. Obviously if we had a DOF it it'd mean nothing because that means it's it's part of the project. But at this point I I do think it's a it's a board signing if it happens, not a Potter one. Let's
0: uh wrap up the episode with a preview of the AC Milan match, uh midweek um Champions League. Uh right now um, we're three and zero all time against AC Milan. Um, last year's Serie A champions. They're currently sitting fourth um, in the league, three points behind uh, points leaders Napoli and Atalanta. They have sixteen goals scored in the season, nine against. Um, right now, Milan is in first place in our group. They have four. Um, Dinamo Zagreb with three, Salzburg with two, and we're in last with the only point, so, um, it's a huge, exactly very important match, it. yeah, <laughs> very <laughs> important match for us, uh, obviously, Milan, a very talented team, but, you know, we, we could easily beat them, um, but just the way that we've played in Champions League so far, there's definitely no guarantees with that, so... What are some things that you uh, want to keep an eye out for?
1: I mean, it's pretty obvious. Rafael Leao, the Serie a does like an MVP every year. And last year it was Leao. We are familiar with Leao because he was a Chelsea target this summer. Direct, pacey, skilled dribbler, a.k.a. one of our biggest nightmares in terms of a profile of a player. Um, it's the homecoming. I think it's a home game, so it would be a homecoming for Tomori, which, again, one of those that got away.
0: Tomori, Giroux, Bakayoko. Uh, okay. Um, Bakayoko. Who else Bakayoko. are we missing Bakayoko's out
1: on? is not going to touch the pitch. Um, oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> but, I mean, I the way I see it is this is a an elimination game for Chelsea like this we need to win we need to come out like our backs are against the wall because I mean we're obviously at one point Salzburg or Dynamo uh Zagreb get a win and and they're going to be way ahead of us again I don't think I don't I'm not going to start trying to put a, a plan B in place for, for how to get into the Europa League. I just think that we need to go out to win. I think beating Palace was a good first step, even though it wasn't the prettiest. But I think it's... I mean, 3-0 all-time against AC Milan. In, in terms of Champions League, when you don't know each other that well, AC Milan under this manager has now a couple of seasons worth of tape. We have no idea what Potter's doing every single week. So maybe the element of surprise can be in our favor. That's what I'm hoping for, as well as just our players realizing the the gravity of the situation. I'm expecting Thiago Silva to get these guys going and explain, like we cannot be bottom of the group. Like maybe we invite John Terry to have a little speech to these guys before this game, because It better be our best performance of the season so far, or we can start. You're going to have to learn the Europa League anthem, and you're going to have to start singing that song.
0: I haven't sung Champions League uh, anthem yet. I've had no reason to, so (laughs) I don't know. I don't know the Europa League song. It's hype. Actually, I do know it. Actually, I do do know it. But, um, yeah, it is a really good song. But, all right, predictions. What do you think?
1: Two one. No, no, no. No. Uh ah. one to one.
0: Are uh, you think that we can move on with a draw?
1: I mean, we're gonna have to beat Milan once. Like at this point, like we have two matches against Milan. We can't lose. If we lose, like I don't Focus know. Focus on the, the Premier
0: League the rest of the year. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and and honestly, I, I don't wanna get I hate to just kind of count us out of a competition, but if but if that means we get top four, fuck it. Like if it means that Potter gets more time with these guys and gets us figured out, fuck it. But for now, you're in the Champions League, you wanna stay in the Champions League. We're Chelsea. We don't just give up and, and, and come back. Like we need to keep pushing. oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I I have no idea how to, what to make of it honestly. I think a draw is uh, a you know, a reasonable but also hopeful prediction because we haven't looked we've looked like shit in the in the Champions League. I don't know why. Yeah. We haven't looked too great in Premier League either, but I don't know what to make of it. I think that um I'll 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 go two two, just to uh,
1: bring back the two just to two. Keep it easy. Bring back the two two good vibes. Oh dude. right right for for All the right, ultras and the people that have listened to us for over a season. When Psalm would predict two two, we would win. So he would continue I went on to predict pretty long streak two. Yeah, when things were great, I think it was when things were great when Tuchel took over him so kept going 2-2, 2-2, 2-2, and it was just win after win after win. So we're going to win now. I'm bringing it back. I'm just saying. I'm bringing it back, two, two. He didn't know what he did. He didn't know what he did, but he just spoke yeah. it into existence.
0: Unwillingly just uh, cheated the whole game. Let's do it. Wow. Bring, um, bring,
1: out, bring out your checkbooks, boys. It's time to play some bets.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, let's uh, – Let's wrap it up. Uh, that was a pretty good episode, if I don't, you know, if I can say so myself. <laughs> Sorry about uh, the fire alarm. I'm going to be having to deal with that all night. Probably not gets very not get any good sleep tonight. So we'll see how that works. Uh, but make sure if you don't already uh, follow us on Twitter at uh, Blues on Parade pod i think on twitter just look up blues on parade um and until next week or until wednesday keep the blue flag flying high